Welcome to another Cover 2 podcast. I say another one. It is the technically the, the, the second one, but uh, it's the first one for the football season. So I think we'll put the, the last podcast on sort of some maybe like a B-sides of the uh, Cover 2 podcast compilation. I would rank it with that, um, you remember the, the West Wing episode where they did it after 9-11 and it wasn't really part of the whole schedule. They just felt the need to do something. So uh, that, that, that's like our West Wing 9-11 episode. I've never seen the West Wing, but I'll say yes. Really? I, I would... You strike me as a fan of the West Wing. I, I know, it seems like that. I sh- it's one of those shows where it, I always thought, you know, I really should be watching this. And for some reason, I just never did. I would recommend that you go get the uh, DVD and or the uh, DVDs and start catching up. I so. did that for The the Wire because, you know, it was Baltimore, um, a lot of ba- inside Baltimore references. And it was like, oh, I didn't get HBO, but I was like, well, I guess I could always get the DVDs, but I just never bothered doing it. But I finally went back. I got it. Fantastic. Good show? Yes. I've heard good things about it. Much like uh, The Shield with uh, Michael yeah. Chiklis. But no, I, I, never I, I could that. never get into it. There's just too many shows. I would recommend um, that show Psych. Psyched? Psyched? Oh, yeah. I've seen with, it. Uh, I don't even know who they are. But actually, one of the guys was on The West Wing. Really? Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's pretty funny. It's sort of like Monk, but I think funnier than Monk. Monk kind of bugs me after a while. So. See, it's just like way too many shows. It's like everyone wants more channels, more shows, more everything. I say less. Let's have like two channels, and then you know, then we can all be talking about the same shows. And one will be um, ESPN minus all of the uh, pompousness that they have. All right, they have. yeah. And, and um, around the clock, Michael Dick and Barry Bonds coverage. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I'm convinced now, and don't 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 get me wrong. A dog fighting and killing dogs is an absolutely horrible thing, and uh, he obviously broke the law. But at the same time, there's a lot of scrutiny for this. I mean, you would have thought that he had like massacred a small town. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm with you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I just can't believe. Yeah, and people have said it a million times before. But like, you have somebody like Leonard Little still playing football, and you know he. Uh, Kills Ray Lewis drunk driving, yeah, <laughs> and then drunk drives drunk again, and people are all over Vic like he's Hitler. Well, I mean, there's there's the Ray Lewis thing. There's the uh, in, in the hockey was it Danny Heatley who? Oh yeah, who he killed, uh, yeah. Uh, killed like well, he didn't kill him. It was well, a car accident, right. but yeah. Um, so there's a you know Patrick Kearney. There's like a girl raped at his house, and he claims he wasn't there, but like folks are are not calling that into question, but saying to some. That he was there at the party and he knew what was going on. But there's no there's no amount of scrutiny that is equal to the Michael Vick case. Right. Yeah. So, but uh, anyway, so um, we're we're getting started here. We're we're gonna bounce a few things around. This is a new season. We're on a new computer using a new program. So that could be exciting. We may not be recording at all, and it just looks like we are. No. Yeah. I know. Which would be really disheartening. After does we it have to be on? Do you think? That usually helps out, but. Eh. Okay. The, uh, we have some changes for the 2007 season. Uh, I will not be as at as many Tent City games or Tent City appearances. This um, is a drastic blow to the it, Tent City brethren. It is. I, I now have a daughter. In fact, probably if you listen to the background, you can hear her crying now and then. Um, Sometimes it's just me. Well, that's true. And it's Tim weeping softly because I will not be there as frequently. Though he and I are actively discussing a possible Clemson-Florida State trip. That would be fun. Clemson is very flat. Well, actually, it's not. There's a lot of water and hills. I confuse Clemson and Auburn. So I'm completely wrong, actually. Right, yeah. I'm yeah, Clemson's even... very deserty, right? <laughs> yes. I had a former colleague of mine 
um, who we were supposed to be going to a conference in Little Rock, Arkansas. And she said that she was terrified to be going to Little Rock. I said, why? She goes, well, it's, it's the desert. There's scorpions and stuff out there. <laughs> I said, are you thinking Arizona? She said, ah, yes. But she honestly had no idea where Arkansas was. But anyway, so I... She's like that, uh, she could have been helped by the... the Pointed advice of Miss Teen USA, South Carolina. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to make that reference. She, your friend needed more maps. Like <laughs> she obviously came from South Africa or the Iraq. I just correct me if I'm wrong, but the question was about the U.S. educational system. I believe so. Or, it or no, they, they couldn't. Wasn't it? The, I thought it was they couldn't find America on a map or something like that. Well, I think it was like Americans couldn't find America right. on a map, yeah. and somehow that related to the horrible situation in, in South Africa and the Iraq. The Iraq. Oh, and the Asian me. countries also. <laughs> I, I don't think I'll ever call uh, our people anything else besides U.S. Americans ever again. <laughs> she kept saying it over and over again. U.S. Americans. It's classic. I think what she really meant was us Americans, but she felt the need to spell it out. Spell it out. And then she was like, well, this is too hard. I'll just say Americans. And then somehow South Africa got tossed in there. I really couldn't. Um, <laughs> of all the of all the countries in Africa, South Africa, <laughs> which actually you really know, need help. I, I, I've I heard mean, Cape Town isn't that that's pretty nice, right? And I mean, Dave I, Matthews is from there. I, I try to follow you know some geopolitical shenanigans now and then, and you know I think it's more toward that interior of Africa. Yeah, right. Yeah, really got some problems with tribal warfare and yeah, you know, genocide. Um, so, who, who knew? Yeah, South... Maybe she was trying to avoid any sort of racial conflict, and, you know, she was like, let's not say Africa. Very Because then all of a sudden, I'm Miss Teen USA from South Carolina, and I'm calling out the Africans. Yes. But she pinpointed South Africa, and then maybe she she was back, she could backtrack and say, oh, well, I know some people in South Africa, <laughs> and they don't know geography worth, you know, and, shit. And, and, then, and then Iraq is just... Um, you know, that's just showing your true American patriotism. <laughs> yeah. She's, she was supporting our troops doing that. Yeah. Uh, that, that's what it was. Especially by, you know, even adding the in there. You know, it's <laughs> like you're so pompous and it's like, oh, God, it's a the Iraq. You know, ugh. The, uh, so, so, uh, so, yeah, this is a potential word that we're diving into. You know, I, I, was, I was almost killed in South Carolina by, by a, a drunken old man who ran a red light, flew over a hill at an intersection. This is by an interstate, like, off-ramp. I had gotten off to get some uh, some deep, probably. And uh, he ran a red light, and it was, like, blatantly afterward. For some reason, I didn't go. I think the guy ahead of me was going to turn left, and I was going to turn left. We're determining who was going to go first, and this guy barrels through it, flies over this hill, smashes into a pole, knocks down one of the traffic lights. Oh, my God. And, you know... It happened right in front of me. I mean, it, I saw the whole thing, so I get out and I run down there to the guy to make sure he's okay. And he'd been cut up pretty bad, but he was okay, and I could tell he was hammered because there were empty bottles of Jim Beam everywhere in the car, and he smelled, I mean, just like a distillery. The thing which stands out to me, aside from the fact that his wife was really angry with everybody but the husband, uh, who would, you know, run the red light and cause the wreck, was that there was an irrational amount of cat food in the back <laughs> that had spilled everywhere and was contributing to just the noxious fumes. But that that really stands out in my memory. It's a memory of South Carolina, and I, d I don't know why. That but sounds like a completely made-up story. It really isn't. But you know what they, they should do? They should put that on greeting cards. That, that would be. That would be. That would really? be good. Like those Blue Mountain greeting cards. God, yeah, that would be poignant. 
you could give that to your mother on, on Arbor your birthday. Day. <laughs> yeah, well, ar- even better. Yeah. <laughs> even better. Mm. Well, um, I suppose we could, you know, the problem, uh, Tim, with this is I don't see any, is that our minutes right there? Yeah. Okay, good. I, because before, you know, we tend to ramble. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that we at least had some sort of gauge of oh, how yeah, long yeah. we going on. We know exactly how long we've been torturing any listeners. <laughs> Eight minutes, 29 seconds. Oh, it's just beginning, folks. Well, we'll do some football first. We have, a, like I said, a new segment that I'm going to, Tim is the centerpiece of this, and we're going to wait because there is a third-party participant for one of the elements of it. So the first thing I figure we do with football season starting is we take a look at the, you know, we have we each have a copy of Phil Steele here in front of us, his college preview, and take a look at some of the, uh, uh, the I guess, the national landscape. And the consensus appears to be, particularly after Southern Cal just wasted Michigan in the um, uh, the Rose Bowl last year, is that Southern Cal is the is the team to beat, and Florida, or, uh, LSU seems to be high up there. Um, Texas keeps getting mentioned as there. So, Tim, what are your thoughts on the, the national landscape here as we, we head into 2007? Yeah, I mean, I think clearly I would say that as far as re- returning players and experience and all the things you would look for, at least in the SEC is concerned, you, you can't find a better team top to bottom than LSU right now. I would say LSU would really? be. Really? Yeah. I could, I could see that. And... I imagine a lot of that's contributed to the, the defense. The, the defense, because Glenn Dorsey's back and all mm-hmm. those guys. Um, and I mean, they still have some what's the, some dynamite skill, the wide receiver that they have. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> wait, you know wait, that guy's name. Wait, I I, I do know it. Um, it's not Craig Davis. He's gone. And is it early Doucette? Yeah. Is, is go. he gone? I thought I don't know. No, he's still there. Right? Again, we are clearly prepared for this. It's early Doucette. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 and I think they're to their credit having Matt Flynn got some experience a couple of years ago. I always felt, and again, I think Southern Cal is one of the five best teams out there. But everyone talked about how they they didn't struggle last year, but they weren't clearly the Southern Cal team of years past, and that a lot of that was John David Booty's play. Um, they've lost their two top wide receivers. They do have a lot of talent in the backfield. I think they have too much talent in their in their backfield. Um, yeah, because that uh, Moody transferred saw uh, a couple days ago to Florida. Yeah, that's always comforting. Which is hilarious. Did you see Urban Meyer um, accidentally let that out in a press conference? Someone asked if he was uh, if Moody was going to be transferring, and he said, "Well, he's not here yet. Uh, he's not here." He's like, "Yeah, sorry." <laughs> you, you can't Fantastic. say that until he's officially there. So. Yeah, he'll get a slap on the wrist probably. Um, but my whole thing was, you know, they lost. I'm hoping for impalement. That'd be good. Would they would they hang him like outside Tallahassee for the Florida State fans to drive by? Like Braveheart. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Braveheart. Now my thing about Southern Cal was they didn't they lost at UCLA. They did not look impressive earlier in the season against a couple teams. You know they looked really good against Notre Dame, then they dominated Michigan. But um, you know any team that was ranked in top higher in the top fifteen looked really good against Notre Dame last year. So that doesn't say much, but. I just, I don't know. I would say LSU, and then, I mean, I would say, L- I'd agree with you. I think LSU is the head and shoulders favorite this year. Um, but that's not, I mean, I'm. this is all, you know, preseason stuff is just pretty much, it's just for fun, you know. That you never know what 
the fresh, which freshmen or which guys that were sort of buried on the bench for you know a couple of years are going to come out and be dominant. And mm-hmm. So if you're looking right now, just completely without you know any games to reference, I would say LSU. But you know, five weeks from now, it could be like, well, damn, I never knew. It could be Idaho. Idaho is that good. <laughs> the, the Vandals are on fire yeah. that season. Do you, uh, that's, yeah, that's never been said before no. in the history of college football. I, I don't understand the, the consistent love affair with Florida State. No matter how many times they struggle, they're always a top ten team, it seems like. And Drew Weatherford, the last time I checked, is still the quarterback of that team. Yeah, he is. Uh, you can never drop a, to- a team out of the top ten that has a, uh, an Indian riding out on horseback to the 50-yard well, line and throwing true. a spear into it. I mean, that's they, they get top ten just for that alone. Yeah, I think they get, like, at least, I think it's there's something in the contract with the, with the coaches' poll that they get 25 point, the votes no matter what because of that. Yeah. So I mean, that, if, if we if we wheeled out, like, some sort of drifter out to the 50-yard line <laughs> and, like, starved Ugga for, like, two weeks and then just go to town on him every single time, every single game, we would automatically be number one every year. You know, I really think that we need to call uh, Damon Evans and really pitch that as a new intro. I mean, I like what we have now, the, the bugle playing in the top corner. That's really nice. Yeah. But um, <laughs> Ugga, Ugga viciously maiming a uh, person would be, would be pretty good. Let me make sure the drifter, you know, doesn't have a family, that he's a hopeless alcoholic. Well, and, and to make it better, what we can do is we can spend a week really taking care of the poor guy. Like, I mean, he yeah, could live, yeah, it right. would be just like that Saturday Night Live skit with Larry the Lobster, where Eddie Murphy there had the live vote, and would, right. do you want Larry to die, or do you want him to be saved? Right. And, you know, we, we could just do it like that, except it would be an actual human being. Yeah. So he would be able to live and go to, you know, like Broadway shows. And, yeah. Um, and Ugga might not necessarily kill him. Well, he just got to hurt him. I mean, he might kill him. But, you know, that's sort of sort of up to Ugga. And let's think about it. Ugga isn't a big dog. He's just really going to hurt you from, like, the thigh down. But if we starve him for a long time. And we're going to shackle the drifter. We don't want Ugga to get hurt. <laughs> well, that's, that's so he's going to be completely defenseless. We're not going to give him any sort of, like, padding. It's just going to be Ugga going to town on flesh of the drifter, ripping away large chunks at a time. Now, There's probably going to be a lot of blood loss. And... Now, bear with me, but I think having the shackles would probably hinder some of the comedic value of it. Well, because I, you want to see some flailing about and shackles, he's going to be tightly bound in. Well, how about like, loose arm shackles? We'll okay. let the legs go. Okay. Well, no, we can't because what if I get kicked? Yeah, that's true. So it's going to be and, loose. And shackles. obviously, we got to make sure the dog stays. Yeah. Safe. Okay. Yeah, the, the, it, we won't make him, you know, pull taut. It's going to be there's going to be some slack for him to, uh, yeah, for the comic flailing. To make our second Braveheart reference, it won't be like when he's on the rack. At the end of <laughs> no, it. right? Yeah. I mean, we guess we'll have to put some sort of a tarp though, down. The we should do that, too. Who's <laughs> to say? Well, we can mix it up for big games, you know. <laughs> all right. Well, these are all possible options. Just okay, keep we'll, these in mind. We'll, we'll keep these in mind. Well, well Tim, we're going to unveil the, uh, the brand new segment here. And, and uh, even added a drama here, our phone's ringing in the background. So yeah, enjoy that. We don't answer it. Who could it be? It, it, it's a mystery. What, what charity wants money from the McGinney family right now? So, in fact, we're going to wait and see who it is right here for the final ring. I'm going to say the Sierra Club. No, oh, it's a hang-up. How anticlimactic. A little bit. Tim, we're starting a new competition. I hope that you and the readers, or you and the listeners, will enjoy this. Um, these, this new category is called Four Insane Borderline Impossible Questions for Our Boy Tim Kelly. <laughs> which I will collect, and, and I want listener involvement in this as well. So the first one is going to be kind of a comparison. 
It'll involve uh, John Hart, you know, WJBF sports anchor, a loyal resident of Tent City, a, a good guy all the way around. Um, you and John Hart are in a competition on three categories. Rank, tell me who prevails in these competitions okay. individually. The first one is a 400-yard dash. 400-yard dash. Huh. Uh, that's definitely John Hart. Okay. John, he, uh, he's been, he runs a lot, and, uh, and only recently have I really started to bulk up. And, okay. Uh, I can tell. It. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Uh, but, so, as of right now, I'm going to say John, but give me about 20 years. Okay. And then I'm, I'm on it. Okay. Uh, the other one is, uh, we have two more, one, uh, bass fishing, a bass fishing <laughs> bass competition. Fishing. Hmm. That's me as long as John baits my hook because I don't like to touch worms. Okay, good. And then the final one, a speed bratwurst eating contest. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm going to say me because I bet John gets grossed out by the hard white parts. <laughs> Very true. John strikes me as that kind of guy. Though John did enjoy the crab soup last year. Yeah, but there's not that those nameless bone chunks that you know that, that are you're biting down into a nice juicy bratwurst and all of a sudden whack, you know. Uh, okay. I can get past that easy. All right. Uh, name the top. So this is question number two. Okay. Name the top two states where the most civil war battles were fought. Ah. Top two. Top two. Number one, I would say Virginia. Correct. And number two, I would say. Uh, Mississippi. Wrong. Vicksburg, I can see why you went there. Uh, Tennessee, actually. Okay, I was thinking something on the western areas right. there, yeah. Uh, number three, football-related question. SMU, Southern Methodist University, has not been to a bowl game since 1984. What was that bowl game? Who did they play? And did they win? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say the Cotton Bowl. No, but keep going. <laughs> Do I have to keep guessing bowl sure. games? No, you, well, you just you know, go ahead and guess the team. We'll get partial credit out. Uh, Nebraska? No. <laughs> did, did they win against this unnamed opponent? They won. Yes. Ah, It see? was the Aloha Bowl. They played Notre Dame, and they won 27-20. to 20. How about that? Yeah, you put no. This is uh, right before the death penalty, I think. Okay. Which ultimately decimated their program. I was thinking, oh yeah, I was thinking pretty high up. I was, I was thinking maybe they played like one last, you know, pretty it's hot a, big game before they went into death penalty. It's, it's a good thing they won that game. You want to go, go out on a high note before yep. you lose your program. Exactly. For years. Yeah. Much right. like the drifter getting a lot of getting fine wines, foods, and cheeses <laughs> before he's mauled by other. It's sort of like Joe versus a volcano, is what I imagine. You know. It's exactly like that. Yes, the wife and Sorry. the wife and the kid have joined us. My three, almost four week old child, Emma Kate. Tim, the final question, and this is going to involve some participation. Here's my question. Oh no, I don't want to hold her. <laughs> <laughs> How much does my daughter currently weigh? Okay. And you can, you feel free to hold her and see oh, and gauge. Or you can just do it based on. Yeah, you can look at her. Would you be more comfortable I'm, looking? I'll just kind of do this. I'm not going to hold her. I'm going to say... There, by the way, there was fear in his eyes. <laughs> he was really unsure about this. 15 ounces. That's, that's really far off. I was, I was going to give you like... I have no ounce. idea. Uh, 7 pounds, 14 ounces is what we guessed right now. Oh, yeah. So that's what I meant. So <laughs> 15 pounds. That's what I was saying. 
which is still vastly <laughs> off, but it's okay. It's, it's fine. So, uh, Tim, have you ever held a child at school? No, I have not. What you should have done, Don, is give him, give him a thing of flour so he knows. Yeah, we should have had a Oh, yeah, I don't know what weight it is, really. Yeah. We can try it again next week. I didn't name ounces. I know that he's more than, she's more than a pound. But lucky for us, Tim's not the good person. That's, that's true. That is, uh, fortunately, your wife holds down that, that in your, your family. Okay, well, imitate All right, well, uh. Nope, I didn't contaminate her. And, and, and mama, for God's sakes, keep her awake so she sleeps well tonight. That is, that, that's the key, then, keeping them awake at this point. They sleep better. Hmm. So, uh, we, I have on here that we'd like to chat with your, with your wife, since she did have some, um, you know, she was involved, in, at least there were some of the practices. But, uh, we apparently got nothing. No, she, she sounds busy, I guess. I don't know, she said she was in a meeting, I thought she'd be out by now. Um, well, you know what we're going to do right now? We're going to ignore... That's probably her. <laughs> we're going to ignore this phone call. Why don't you blindly call John Hart? John will not answer, um, but I will... Well, I just figured, you know, I'd like to get his take. I mean, does he think he can take you abroad for a seating com competition? We can absolutely try to call him. Uh, John is one, one person that will not answer phone calls. He's too busy. <laughs> and if, if you notice in the background, there is a, a conversation going on here, so... Um, this is this is pretty. This, this is there's a lot going on here. Folks. This is an active household. We, we have we have a baby. We have phones ringing at nine o'clock at night. Tim's trying to get someone on track. The person on the machine's talking way too long. And then we're supposed to be focusing on college football here. Nothing from John. No, John's not going to answer. That um, hurts. He he's only answered one of my phone calls ever. You, you just want to make fun of him here. He didn't answer. Okay. Um, no, we'll, we'll have to give him some sort of advance warning. He'll usually answer if you tell him that you're going to call. Okay. Well, we can. Does he answer a text message? He will sometimes, yes. All right. But, but hit, or, hit or miss. Yeah. And, and, he, and, you know, the poor guy does work. So why don't you send him a text message, see what he says, and we'll move on to, uh, to our next topic, which is discussing the SEC and, and Georgia. So, uh,. Last year, Florida, despite really up until the championship game, not really being that good of a team, I thought, won the national championship, and it was yet another national championship for the SEC. So we head into, uh, into 2007, and I was looking on uh, the Herbie Awards, Kirk Herbstreit's little prognostication slash awards list. Right. And he had Vanderbilt as a sleeper. Now, don't get me wrong. Vanderbilt returns a lot of talent. I think they've, uh, they've, they've well, for Vanderbilt, I think they have a legitimate chance to make it to a bowl game of sorts, but sleeper pick over, you know, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, even South Carolina, that seems kind of crazy to me. He qualified it by saying that, uh, that South Carolina wouldn't, wouldn't qualify as a sleeper because too many people think that they're so much better this year. So I guess, really, he's saying South Carolina's a sleeper, but his, like, super sleeper would be Vanderbilt, which is, yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, now, I would say Kentucky over Vanderbilt. Do you even think on South Carolina that, I don't want to say that they're that good, because I think they have talent, but, you know, they return a lot of starters, but at the same time, they didn't really get a lot of bang for the buck from those starters. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah that's what I don't really, I'm not getting, I guess there's some good, uh, some good talent on defense with uh, Brinkley at the linebacker, and, um, I guess Corey Boyd and 
maybe Blake Mitchell gonna he's gonna be <laughs> slightly better than mediocre again. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's that's what I don't really get. Why? I guess there's just so much. Well, I, so many people depending on the Spurrier factor, which I still haven't really seen outside of their you know good performances against Florida the past two years. Well, and and you look at their um, at their offensive line, and they lost three starters last year. They've got to replace um, Sidney Rice, the wide receiver, who was their playmaker. Um, they lost, oh gosh, who was the, uh, is it Savelle Newton who was there? He played QB and receiver. Savelle's gone. Um, it just seems to me that, I mean, defensively they return about everybody, but they don't have... Except for their safety who was uh, arrested for gun oh, possession. Right. Well, and wasn't and I think Mitchell was suspended for the first game, but yeah. there's a chance he could he was appealing his suspension, which makes me kind of go, well, that doesn't make any sense. And of course, conveniently, uh, you know, suspended for Louisiana Lafayette, but not for Georgia. So the appeal was turned down, so he's going to serve it against Louisiana Lafayette. Well, you know, Steve Spurrier deals out a harsh justice in South Carolina. I think he actually had to appeal that to the president mm. or the academic affairs office. I'm, I guess would would be the more appropriate venue. It would have been excellent if he'd been suspended for, you know, two games, but those two games happened to be Louisiana Lafayette, South Carolina State, yeah, and they Georgia game it, in the yeah. middle. Yeah, be, they just I, counted the two home games. That's what they're suspending. That'd be a very Bowden-like approach to, uh, <laughs> to discipline, I would think. Yeah, like when Janikowski got in trouble for the bowl game and he <laughs> says that he has different rules for Polish players. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the Bowden, is that he just doesn't care what people think. I mean, I think he even pretty much said, listen, he's one of my best players. We're not going to lose him. We're going to do whatever we can to get him on the field. So Fantastic. Um, so uh, looking at the SEC East, because I think the West, we're pretty much in agreement that LSU is a team to beat out there. You know, Bama and Auburn and Arkansas are going to be competitive, but the East is really up for grabs. I mean, yeah, I've seen some folks pick Georgia, and I didn't Steele pick Georgia. Bill Steele has yeah. Georgia number, has a winning the East, which... I guess if I was going to rank the West first, I would say I would say LSU, Auburn again, just based on uh, I don't know, I would say experience. I, would, I like trust Tuberville over Houston Nutt as far as I think maybe his players aren't quite as skilled or as dynamic as Arkansas's. But I'll, then I'll put Arkansas. Is that partially Alabama, because of Miss, the Ole Miss, Mississippi State? Is that partially because of the Houston Nutt crazy factor? And because his last name's Nut, I can't. You know, it's hard to you know put your confidence in anybody with the last name of Nut. Very, very true. Very true. Uh, and then, okay, the East. Yeah, I don't know about the East. I think we've talked about this a little bit. Um, I have some serious concerns as far as the Georgia Bulldogs are concerned. Uh, but those concerns could be alleviated based on the first two games. Well, they're very true. They they, get, they come out of the gate with the with, with two big tests, and then of course you know you get the you take a week off against Western Carolina, but then they go to Bama right after that. So, But I think that if we can get through those first two games and then get another sort of seasoning game for the offensive line, if we can go through, you know, into Alabama, I'll feel so much better. But I think that we very easily could be going into Alabama with a one and two there. Very much so. And I think Oklahoma State is not, you know, I think a lot of the SEC fans after watching them play, Alabama last year are a little more wary of them, but I don't think they're getting the respect that they deserve. I mean, their offense, their defense is atrocious. Well, true, but they can put up thirty-five points just yeah. like that. So, and with the Georgia with a young defense, though, I gotta say it's a young defense. My only concern is the offensive line, or the that's uh, my only concern. Uh, uh, well, the offensive line I have concerns for, but I meant the uh, defensive line. Oh yeah, the lines. Those are my the, concerns. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, the linebackers are young, but. 
Dewberry, uh, Darius Dewberry. I think Brandon Miller's got a chance to, to, to shine. Rennie Curran, I think, is going to be a beast of a player for Georgia. Um, ooh, a Schlitz. That's a good call. What? Uh, no, that's right. It's a beer that made Milwaukee famous. Yeah. I brought that to a tailgate last I know. It, did you bring this specific one to a <laughs> No, no. That's, that's a soiree beer. Okay. Um, yeah, but the lines. That, that's, what, that's what I'm most concerned about, too. But those are, you know. I think the secondary, if not the most Georgia. important part, yeah, secondary. I, well, I think the secondary for Georgia is going to be really strong. I mean, you've got. Well, I mean, you look at the players who've got experience. I mean, Brian Evans played a lot at the end of the season. Um, Marcus Brown got a lot of experience. Thomas Flowers. He's was, starting. Thomas well, Flowers. He was starting. starting, but he had a lot of he had experience before that, and he at least had some game experience. Um, yeah, I mean, losing Paul Oliver is no good, but I also think the safeties. You know, Keelan Johnson brings leadership there, but. Rashard Jones is supposedly just a man out there. C.J. Bird has plenty of good experience. They said Quentin Banks. They called him a baby blue in practice because of the way he could hit. So I think there's a lot of talent. And then Vance Cup is a true freshman who came in in the summer with his few practices, and they liked him so much, he's worked his way into the um, rotation for him. So. But it's, uh, it's, it's looking – I mean, I, I feel fairly – they're going to have some – I would much rather have them face an offense like, oh, like Oklahoma State, an offense like South Carolina, before they face Tennessee and Florida and Auburn because that's going to make that secondary that much more seasoned for later in the season. So, but, so I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, Georgia may be the favorite in the East. I still think – I don't think Florida's the team to beat. I do. I mean, but that's, again, I'm just basing this on, it's all preseason stuff, you know, it's just, all you have to go on is what happened last year, yeah. and sort of the guys that you know that are coming back, and the way you saw them play last year, and if I was saying right now, I would say Florida would would win the East, and I think Georgia and Tennessee are going to buy for second, South Carolina coming right under them. Kentucky, well, actually, South Carolina, Kentucky coming right in them, and then Vanderbilt. Coming See, in. I would lean to tennis to uh, Tennessee if they didn't lose their two receivers. I would think that, but and even then, Eric Ainge had had a pretty good year last year. There's so Coker much different with Cutcliffe well. as their coordinator. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that Tennessee would be my favorite for these, but Georgia and South Carolina buying for number two. Okay. I just think I Florida. I think Florida's going to lose to Tennessee early. I think they're going to. They're not going to beat – I think LSU is going to beat them this year. I think Georgia's got a good chance to beat them. Next year, Florida's going to be be a team to beat. So, um, We have a, we have a potential hard. guest if, lined up. If, if you want to go ahead, I'll, I'll let you lead the interview. So uh, you can make the introduction here. So. I, I don't even know if this will work. you think it will be loud enough? If you have a speakerphone. I don't have a speakerphone. I don't know if that Really? Well, I have a speaker button. As you can see, folks, <laughs> 30 minutes into the season debut. Um, if you're with us this long, you might as well just stick around for, <laughs> for the our special guest. For the comedic value that is the Cover 2 podcast. It's not like you're like, well, I, I would stick with you guys for 30 minutes and 30 seconds. But once you guys started going on about maybe guests and you didn't have speaker phones, <laughs> that's when you lost me. It's, it's a, it's. It's been an interesting evening, as you can tell. Um, and I've been we, we 15 even, pounds. I, I don't want to think, you know, people to think that I thought your daughter was less than a pound. <laughs> 15 ounces, you mean. Um, 
I said 15 ounces, but I meant 15 pounds. Okay, it's a, she's a, I mean, she's. Was it better to think she, she's a, she was fat or was. <laughs> I mean, she's a sturdy looking kid, don't get me wrong, but uh, I mean, she's, 15 pounds would be a reach for somebody who's three and a half weeks old. I have no idea. How am I supposed to know? Hey. Uh, you're on. Uh, you're on the podcast. Oh, hey, gentlemen. Um, we're we're glad you could you could join us here. Um, this is uh, Matt Turok. He's he uh, he's our our hey, guest for this again. evening. So um, and the uh, the self-proclaimed mayor of Tent City. Uh, we we don't really know how this is going to work, especially considering we're using a new computer, and I don't know where the microphone is on this computer. So. You, we may not actually get any of this. So but, uh, if you just want to holler as loud as you possibly can, I'm sure it would be entertaining for those in your house with you right now, but also would make for some good podcast material. Well, I'm actually driving my car. I just got done uh, at the Trade Mail, uh, first destination for operation, wedding registration. Oh. Uh, really kind of, that kind of rhymes a little bit, but uh, just heard that Chipper Jones tied it up. Three three as well, so. Oh, fantastic! Very the uh, little baseball update. You're a uh, you're a regular uh, Peter Gammons for us here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how's the uh, the going? Oh, it's fantastic. Th- uh, this is, I mean, if if this was actual radio or they gave awards out for this kind of thing, it, it, in a heartbeat. This is uh, if this if, is if, quality uh, journalism right here. If podcasts were diamonds, this is the hope. That's what <laughs> that's what we're getting at. <laughs> Um, have you guys gotten into the uh, prediction segment well, yet, or am I jumping the gun? We're, we're going, we're going uh, we just did our SEC sort of predictions, and if you want to just give us a quick rundown of what you think uh, the West and East are going to look uh, look like at the end of the year, you can, you can go ahead and tell us. Well, uh, yeah, that, that's fine. Um, I think that the, uh, the LSU Tigers are going to be pretty tough to beat. That was uh, a consensus here. The West, and... The East, in my opinion, is a lot, a lot more jumbled and will be a lot more competitive. Uh, so I think that it's really a three-man race in the East with obviously Tennessee, Florida, and Georgia. And uh, I don't know. I think we could, I think we could shock a few people. I read Jeff Schultz in the AJC. He thinks the same thing. So I'm going to go with Georgia coming out of the East. Now you you have no love for South Carolina, which I enjoy, but uh, I'll find it a little surprising. Are you of the same mindset that Tim and I are here? That uh, just because you return ten starters on defense doesn't really mean that they're ten good starters on defense. No, that's a good point. Uh, now I, I think that they'll upset someone. I think they'll upset like last year. They they came really close to upsetting Auburn. Uh, I think they'll pull off at least one big upset in the East uh, between the three teams that I just mentioned, or, you know, a big upset in the West, but I think they'll also wind up losing. I don't know if they play. Do they play Kentucky this year? They'll lose to someone like that, and I'll just put it back out of contention. Yeah. So. Well, they certainly play Kentucky because they're both, they're both in the see, East. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take a look here and see who Carolina has. Carolina's got, we'll see, they go to LSU, they go to Georgia, um, you know, they go to Tennessee, they go to Arkansas, and then they got Florida at home. <laughs> So it just it doesn't really translate to it's sort of like Georgia for next year. You know, Georgia's gonna have a much more experienced team next year, but you're you're going all over the place. You have Bama and L S U and Florida pretty much back to back. So Yeah, at Auburn, Jacksonville, at L S U and at Kentucky in four weeks in a row. So Georgia doesn't really have a conducive schedule next year, but 
the the larger question here, Matt, though, is uh, Tim held my child and said she weighed 15 pounds. Now, she's only three weeks old and is not even half that, so it's uh, it's important to note that, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I, it's forgivable. I don't, how, how am I supposed to know how much babies weigh? <laughs> I held her and I was like... Uh, this kind of a guy who can throw a football like five yards and he's tired, so... <laughs> That's what I was trying to think. I was like, well... A beer is like 12 ounces, <laughs> and she feels like maybe 15 beers. That's good. I like that. <laughs> um, are you guys looking forward to this weekend? Yeah. Actually, I am the, out of the three people present at this podcast, I'll be the only one at the game. kind of hurts. Oh, God. What's going on? I have, uh, again, we go back to the previous discussion, I, I have said new child. I uh, His ginormous 15-pound baby <laughs> to take care of. <laughs> She's not letting me leave that day. But I, I'm getting to some. I'm hoping I, maybe I can, I can sweet-talk uh, the wife to let me get away for a couple hours to the uh, tailgate. But you will not be there on Saturday, apparently. I know, yeah. I'm going to be uh, in Cape Girardeau. Uh... Cape Greg Gerardo, and uh, gonna have to miss the first game of the year. And just recently found out I'm gonna miss the last game of the year, the Georgia Tech game. Uh, so, I'm yeah. all today that I'm already looking forward to next year. And I think there's 369 <laughs> days until the next football season. Already, <laughs> already chopped this year up. This one's in the books, Courtney. <laughs> this one is already cashed. Well, let's quickly get your uh, your predictions for the games, yeah. and then we'll and then we'll follow with ours, okay. and uh, we'll let you go. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get started here. The the first one, we're doing mostly SEC, but the first one, Kansas State at Auburn. Matt, who do you like there? Uh, I'm going to go with Auburn. You <laughs> <laughs> I mean the, the Wildcats? I mean, you don't expect to see Darren Are we, are we, going, to, are we, going, oh, are we doing lines here? No, we're, we're just doing, uh, we're, we're just picking straight, straight up. up so. Okay, yeah, I'll take, uh, I'll take Auburn. Thank you. Tim, who do you, who do you like in that game? Uh, again, I'm going to go with Auburn as well. Well, we'll make it unanimous. We all like Auburn. Uh, Tennessee, California, a little more tricky. So, Matt, who do you, who do you got in that game? Hey, it was California, too. Uh, Tennessee at California. Oh, I'm going to go with California. I think that uh, they have some revenge to, to seek out on and, and uh, in the home game. So, uh, I'm definitely going with California there. Huh. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a home game, but it's in <laughs> Berkeley. It's like you think the Berkeley crowd's going to terrify Tennessee. It's not going to make a difference. Tennessee's going to—they're going to win by two touchdowns. I wouldn't go well. I don't know. I don't want to say that. Cal's got a pretty good little offense there, but I'd—I'd I'd go to Tennessee in this game as well. The, uh, I'm, I'm volunteers for my SEC East pick, and I can't have the SEC East champion lose off the first game of the season to a Pac-10 team. So. And for what those that were curious, Auburn is a 13 and a half point favorite. And Cal is a five and a half to six point favorite. Related to that, Hawaii—I heard this today on the radio—is a fifty-nine point favorite over Northern Colorado. I think, which I'm taking Northern Colorado any day of the week in that game. So, uh, but we'll. Uh, well, they do have the second best Colts quarterback in the country. So. <laughs> That's very true. true. Yeah. Very true. Uh, we'll go ACC here. Uh, Florida State at Clemson, the Labor Day Bowden Bowl extravaganza. Matt. Florida State, a three-point favorite. All right, Matt, who do you like in that one? It's at, at Clemson. Oh, I'm going to go with uh, Clemson. they got a couple of really good young players there, James Davis and T.J. Spiller. I don't even have a 
magazine in front of me, Tim. Eat your heart out. So, <laughs> uh, give me Clemson. All right, Tim, who do you, who do you like there? Uh, since uh, it, we may be going to that game, and uh, I guess you've already appointed me the uh, diehard Clemson fan. Yes. I'm going to go with Clemson, too, especially if you know, we're doing this line. You get three points at home against Florida State, and you already said that Drew Weatherford is going to be the quarterback. So. Uh, I mean, that should actually add more points. To, unless, yeah. unless Drew Weatherford has, you know, changed into, I'm going to even say Andre Ware. Yeah, Clemson's going to win this game. All right. and, that, and, that, Clemson. and that was an Andre Ware reference for those who are listening to him. Thank you. Good. Uh, Georgia Tech at Notre Dame uh, up in South Bend. Matt, who do you like in that game? Notre Dame. Quick. Notre Dame. Quick. Right. I'm going to go with Georgia Tech. Really? Yeah. So I'm the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. Two guys picking in the middle there. All right. Um, I'm going to go Notre Dame as well. I, I know Tech's got a lot of talent, but in South Bend, I just I just think Notre Dame's going to pull it out somehow. My dad's a big Notre Dame fan, and, and he made me mad today on the phone, so this is mostly a retaliation pick. Fair enough. Very little substance behind that. No, I, I really do think George Tech All right. Well, and finally, the uh, the last game we got here, uh, the, the Georgia season opener, Oklahoma State at Georgia. Uh, Oklahoma State beat Alabama last year in their bowl game. Looked pretty good. Matt, what, what are you thinking here? I like the – I like Georgia, especially when they're by six and a half. I think they'll win by touchdown. I see it – and everybody said it before, but I think it's going to be a lot like the Boise State game uh, a few years ago. And it's just going to be a pretty crazy atmosphere, and, and it's a little bit too much for Oklahoma to step into all right. Well, if I'm picking against the spread, I'm definitely going to say Oklahoma State, I think. But if you're picking straight up? If I'm picking straight up, I don't know. I may – I'm going to say Georgia straight up now. I've, I've come – I've come uh, – I've wavered too. It's okay. I've, I've wavered. But I'm going to say Georgia wins a close one. But if I'm taking the spread, I would be more comfortable taking Oklahoma State in this one. I'm a uh, – I'm going to uh, – gosh, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's a toss-up for me because Oklahoma State – I guess that the defense is the main thing. Even though Georgia's defense is young and inexperienced, I'm taking that defense over Oklahoma State's any day of the week. So I'll take Georgia in this game as well. But uh, I think it's going to be close. They're going to give them a run for the money. So. All right, well, we'll let you go, Matt. All right, gentlemen. Take care. I will talk to you soon. All righty, sir. Bye-bye. So Matt Matt's did reference the – everyone says it's like Boise State. But the only thing I'm concerned about is uh, that – Boise State is a lot different than Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State plays in the Big 12 every year, and they, they know big atmospheres, and they know, like, 90,000 people, and they know being on national television, yeah. and they, et cetera, et cetera. They know it's hot. You know, it's like they, they played in Texas. And, well, I was going to say, they, they see your Texases and your Oklahomas, and, you and, know, I they, think and, that, and they pick up a good non-conference game here and there. So. And I know they want to make a statement in this game, but I think it's, it would be the same as maybe if Georgia had, you know, a couple down years or something, and they, you know, they've been ex- they're always exposed to these big environments, and it's sort of maybe a reemergence. But I don't think that we can rely on the inexperience factor or the this is all new to us kind of thing with Oklahoma State so that's all gone um, but yeah I think the one thing good going for us is that their defense is awful and I've had a few insider sources oh, tell me really? that they think that Oklahoma State is pretty mediocre when you combine offense and defense like you're, you're talking about the entire team they're a pretty mediocre team well, and I really think that Oklahoma State, their offensive prowess is built around um, 
around their quarterback and and their wide receiver, Bowman, who apparently is like he's Jesus Christ as a wide receiver. Well, I mean, I I, I just let's see what his stats were last year. Um, gosh, he okay, Bowman receiving. Yeah, he had sixty catches, twelve touchdowns, eleven hundred yards. Um, you know, it's so you got to wor- you got to worry about you know Mark. Bobby Reed ran for 600 yards last year, threw for 2,200, close to 2,300, had 24 touchdowns. So they've they've got an offense, but their defense, I just you, you look at their you look at their their. I mean, I guess the thing that jumps out to me in their stats is they don't have a lot of sacks, or at least a lot of returning sacks, which is an indication that they they have trouble putting pressure in the quarterback. And I do think that that's going to be the main thing. If Georgia can provide Stafford time, if the offensive line, even with all those freshmen and those inexperienced players out there, if they can provide Stafford time, I mean, I like Georgia's chances against anybody. So, And plus, you got to think, long-term big picture, even if Georgia goes 1-1, 0-2 in the stretch, playing Oklahoma State and South Carolina out of the gate and then getting a game like Western Carolina is going to make them a better team for that Florida-Auburn-Tech stretch at the end. So. Yeah. You know they can they can finish with eight nine ten wins probably, <clears throat> and it is good that we're starting with Oklahoma State, not South Carolina, with like a big, fast, experienced defense for our, as far as our offensive line is concerned. At least we're playing with a bad defense, and hopefully they're not going to expose us there early, that early. So we have we'll have one game under our belts mm-hmm. against a BCS conference team before we had to play South Carolina, and so we got that going for us. That's why I think Georgia's going to win. But I would be happier walking into a stadium knowing that I have six and a half points under my belt if I'm betting. Uh, Which I think we should do a whole lot more of. <laughs> well, that's we have to talk about that, right? So we're going to start up the cover two again. Yes, that, that I guess we'll hear. We'll roll into an ad. We, the, the cover two, for all those folks who listened, uh, it, it did vanish by the wayside. Um, the realist was the gentleman who got it started for us. Did a great job. Um, keeping it up to date for us, um, has gone on to pursue uh, some other ventures, uh, I guess personally, professionally, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the Cover 2 is back up under a new web address. Uh, it is the cover2.blogspot.com, but it is the-cover-2-spelled-out.blogspot.com. So that That's was horribly cumbersome. A little bit. Pretty much just, you know, keep looking for it and you'll find it. Um, but it, uh, it, we're going to get it going. Uh, Tim and I are going to be trying to provide some content for it. We are so we'll put our picks up. We'll put our picks up. We're hoping to do a pick'em game as well uh, that readers can uh, get up there. Maybe there will be. Maybe we'll do a season-long one, and there will be prizes. Who knows? Um, Most likely involving Schlitz or I was Schlitz say, products. I have a lot of cheap beer in my fridge. Um, <laughs> you know, who knows what's going to happen. Um, I apparently know it's time to end the podcast because my wife has arrived, and typically that's the design. Is, is my daughter awake? Yes. a girl, that means she'll sleep good tonight. The she other looks question, at least 17 pounds. Yes, I think she gained two pounds that time. Tim, the question I have is, what do you think Matt registered for at Crate and Barrel? Ooh. Uh, I don't know. He's, they don't have gravy boats there, do they? I don't know what they have. What do they have in Crate and Barrel? Like, obviously not crates and barrels. Well, I mean, they got to have at least one or two of those, you would think. Tables, jewelry, what are dishes. they? Dishes. Yeah. Dishes, possibly. Kitchens. He's big. He's a huge hand towel guy. You know? Really? Yeah, he loves decorative hand towels. Hand towels with you know celebrity faces on them. Paris Hilton <laughs> hand towels. 
Uh, so if they have those, he'd be all over those. He also likes skin-tight t-shirts, right? <laughs> he does, yeah. Don't I know it. Okay, your child is yawning. Well, uh, so this is the first Cover 2 podcast, like I said, we, as with every single Cover 2 podcast ever recorded, we got a few kinks to work out, but uh, we thank you for being patient, we thank you as we rambled on here, uh, thanks to, to Matt Turok for being our guest, um, he, other folks didn't pan out for us, so, I think Matt should be a, he should be a regular addition, I think. Yeah. Provides good commentary, good insight. Very good. So. And he loves skin-tight t-shirts and celebrity handhelds. There you go. Well, uh, for our boy, Tim Kelly, and uh, I guess my daughter, Emma Kate, and the wife here, uh, we thank you for listening, and we will talk to you folks next week.